Welcome to the Geek Teague Podcast, where Mario has a third dimension. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beej. It's a me, a Beej. It is. Uh, today, we're talking about Mario, but mostly 3D Mario, because yeah. that's been on our thoughts lately. Um, I've been playing a bunch of 3D Mario just from Mario 3D All-Stars, or All-Stars Mario 3D. I always forget the order of the words in that title. And then Super Mario 3D All-Stars. That's the one. I've been it's playing that. long. And then you have been looking back at Mario because you just did a whole magazine on it basically yeah we did press start on the 35th anniversary of super mario brothers and it was it basically got me invested in all things mario where i realized that as we were talking about this as all of us who were putting this together we were talking about it i realized i hadn't played a whole lot of mario games in a whole long time like that i'd never even touched some of them like super mario 3d land 3d world uh new super mario brothers 2 i barely touched new super mario brothers Wii because jennifer and i's marriage was on uh you know was on the rocks because i kept throwing her in the poison things like that <clears throat> and uh no not our marriage was not on the rocks for that but we did have to stop playing it together because of rage issues from both of us <laughs> and uh like i never played a bunch of it so recently i've gone back and really dove into this and it's a good month to do it yeah so what were you playing and what'd you beat because i know you did a bunch of stuff Okay, so I beat Super Mario Odyssey on Switch finally. I, you know, it came out like the year that the Switch came out, and it, uh, I've, I've had it sitting there where I went all the way through it. Like, you have to have like 124 moons in this one to get to the end. There are like 881 in the entire game, just for reference for y'all. You only have to get through the levels and get 124 of them. So I had like 153, and I've been sitting there at the very end, the last level, and never beat it. I just didn't like that level. I didn't care. And uh, finally, through all of this, I decided I was going to go play it. I was going to beat it. And instead of playing that last level, what I did was go back to some of the other worlds and just kind of play around doing things I hadn't done before, explore a little bit. And once I was having fun doing that, I went to the level I didn't like and beat it and was able to finish out and get into the post game where like the game just uh, opens up like eight times as big once you get there like just moons are everywhere at that point like it's it's awesome yeah like i take back everything i said about super mario odyssey being lackluster in comparison to the other 3d mario games it uh it does hold its own uh like a lot of people say i don't know if it's the best one of everything but it is absolutely better than i was giving it credit for when it was new it's definitely the one that for for like the open world exploration type Mario games, it's my favorite one. Um, I want to talk about that a little later because there's really two right. different kinds of 3D Mario games. But what else have you been playing? You've been playing like 3D Land and 3D World, right? 3D Land and 3D World, yes. So Super Mario 3D Land is the 3D, the excuse me, is the 3DS version. And this one I just grabbed off the eShop and it might be my favorite Mario game ever. That so far, Super Mario 3D Land might be the most fun I've ever had with a, with a Mario game. Because it's like you had said, 3D World came much after this, where it was built off of this kind of skeleton, where it is level-based, where you go through the world map and you go into each like crafted level to do something. But it's 3D within that level, where you're running around with different uh, areas to explore, and uh, but still moving toward that goalpost. Um, I loved it. 
it. Like I beat it and then opened up the other, like the first half of it was really easy and it was a lot of fun. And then you beat it and it opens up all sorts of special worlds for everything. And those are, are really tricky, fun platforming. And so it just took on a whole new, new life and I adore it. And uh, then I went and bought Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U because even though it's coming out for the Switch in six months, I'm like, I want to play this. So I bought an off-brand Wii U Pro Controller uh, just to play it, and it is fantastic. I think I like Land better, but uh, I haven't gotten all the way through 3D World yet. Yeah, and that one I, is like your favorite Mario game, isn't it? 3D yeah. World? I li- so I like both of them a lot. Um, I liked 3D Land when it came out because 3D World did not exist. And 3D Land, I was initially disappointed until I beat the game, and then I realized there was a whole other like 50% of co- the content in the game was hidden behind that. And mm-hmm. I liked the second set so much better because the first set just wasn't challenging for me. Like I've been playing Mario my whole life. Um, so I was kind of yeah. bored by the first like eight worlds. And then I didn't realize there were eight hidden worlds behind it. And as soon as I got into those, like I, I loved the rest of that game. And so they took all those concepts and then added four players and expanded it out and put it on hardware that's more powerful. And that's Super Mario 3D World. And that is my favorite 3D Mario game at the moment. Um, it is so good. I'm I'm really excited for them to come out on Switch so that more people can play it because not a lot of people played it just because the system it was on, it was only on Wii U and it just Wii U never sold that well. Um, the thing that I like about it is that it has like all of the modern Mario things, but for 3D Mario, all the controls, all of the improvements, all the everything, but it's still level-based. And those open-world Mario games, the point where I kind of like sputter out on them and move on to the next thing is where... I like doing any individual thing to get the next star or moon or whatever it is, but going between point A and point B or trying to figure out like where I need to go to start accomplishing the next task, I start to get bored of that. Where something like, you know, so I'm talking about like Odyssey or like uh, Mario 64 or Sunshine, all of those fall into that category of like, it's kind of open-ish world where you have to kind of find your way between each thing. Um, Whereas Super Mario 3D World is all level based like you go into a level and it's just you're trying to get to the end of the level and it's all about executing on the platforming it's none of this like messing around with well should i go over here should i go over there where should i go and what should i kind of be like doing or approaching um and so i like this better because it's so much more about the execution and that's the Mm -hmm. part of mario platforming that i love so yeah i mean as of right now super mario 3d world is my favorite mario game just hands down and I think that's why I latched on to 3D Land so much. And, and like I said, I haven't played enough of 3D World to really get uh, get that feel for it. Like I dove hard into Land. But it's the same reason for me is that it's not so much that exploration puzzle solving is that you have to make these jumps. You have to be able to do this and you're not getting past it until you do where there's often a way to work around that in the 3D games, uh, which is, you know, the, the, the wonderful thing about them but uh it's just been so long since i played one of the marios like that that really made me just just have 
fun doing that and rage doing that too. Although I've never raged as hard at a Mario game as the new Super Mario Bros. games. <laughs> like those are the ones that like they they have that floppy platforming feel to me. Like you know how you were it's not not quite Fall Guys like we were talking about, but they feel less precise than almost any other part of the uh, Mario Mario uh, franchise, and I get so mad at it because of that. Uh, Do you feel that way about those? Like, or is it just me where the where the the platforming feels just a little slippery? It's a little bit compared to other games, but I think the main problem is that you mostly played it with other people. I did. Well, now I'm going back uh, and doing it solo, okay. and it's still that kind of thing still bothers me. Yeah, it and does. I realized, a little bit. Oh. It's a little bit slippery. It's a little bit not as precise as other entries in the series. Um, but not. And I the... think that's because of the other people supposed to be able to cover the slack. Yeah. Uh, where or, and just be able to uh, to go in and help you, and you know you're able to bubble up and get somebody else to do it. You can't do that solo. So sometimes I have uh, just I've I, I've had to stop playing because Mario is. Is the only game that gets me angry these days and it's, and it's the good angry it's not like the angry video game nerd angry it's like i gotta set this down or i will understand why people break their controllers wow yeah i don't get ragey at games ever so i don't understand that but okay i'm glad you know where to draw the line um i really want to talk about super mario 3d all-stars because right. it just came out so galaxy is amazing so let's come back to that because i feel like 64 and sunshine are showing their age so much and especially for super mario 64 like it's the game in the mario series that is probably outside of the very first super mario brothers from you know 1985 um super mario 64 is probably one of the most important games in not only the series but in just gaming in general like it defined 3d gaming for kind of everybody like it was the first mm -hmm. right to really do what it did with all of like the analog stick and just i, I don't know like it, it was such a revolutionary game and it's so important to mario and it's so important to gaming history and i don't think anyone should ever play that game again because it's so bad <laughs> like it's it's not good by our modern day standards and it's an important game and i don't want to take away from the fact that it's very important but also it's not a good game and i just don't have fun playing it anymore and that this is one of those things where it hurts me because you're right and this is where people are going to be tweeting at us uh being like what are you saying that mario 64 is bad and this is where i'm different than you on this in that i don't think it's bad i just don't think i could play it um well, I, that's what I meant. Absolutely I don't, is. Oh, sorry. No, I just don't think that people should play it anymore. Like, if you love it, that's fine. You know, and, and there's plenty of people. If you're a speedrunner, whatever. Like, you know, if you really have the nostalgia for it, I don't want to take that away from anyone because that's that's totally valid. But just like through our modern sensibilities, people who have heard about Mario 64 and never played it and maybe built it up in their minds as like, oh, wow, this is like a pinnacle game. It's super amazing. It's it it's important but it's not amazing by modern standards it's really really frustrating by modern standards if you go back to when it came out in 1996 and you look at the other 3D games that are there, it is head and shoulders amazing. Like, it is a revelation. It is like Star Wars to Flash Gordon. It is just an, an improvement in every single way. Nintendo figured it out. I always go back to joking about Bubsy 3D uh, whenever I'm saying that because I didn't get a Nintendo 64 when it was new, and so I had to play Bubsy 3D instead of Mario 64. And... 
in all seriousness, if you go look at those two games side by side, y'all go look at them on YouTube. And if you've never seen or played Bubsy 3D and Nintendo is really the first first company and developer to figure out how to make people move in a 3D world that wasn't by rotating and then moving forward. Whichever direction you pushed the stick, Mario went, and that was a revelation. Like, that alone made Mario 64 better than everything else that was that was out at the time that anyone else had been able to do. And now, I've always said it was my favorite game. Somebody would ask me what my favorite video game was, and I'll be like, Super Mario 64, hands down. And now... I don't know. I don't know what my favorite game is because going back to this, and this is the weird part. This is where it's really weird to me. The controls are way worse than I remember. Like, it's not even the camera, which I knew was going to be janky because nobody had figured out uh, 3D cameras yet and you didn't have another stick. You had little buttons that you pressed instead. Like, I get that things are still being figured out and I can deal with that, but the accuracy, I'm having a hard time jumping on things that like in Mario Odyssey, I'm easily hitting. Like I can jump on top of something and and butt smash it with no problem. And I got a problem butt smashing in Mario 64. And that's not something that has ever happened before. And so I know it's me getting used to the, the improvements over time. And, but also it's being on the Switch that's the problem. Excuse me, I have my Nintendo 64 and Super Mario 64 in it hooked up to my TV right now, uh, and I should play it so I could play it, and I can play Mario 64 way better on that. I don't know if it's just because I'm the muscle memory on the controller or what it is, but I'm better at Mario 64 on the Nintendo 64 than I am on the Nintendo Switch, and it's super weird, and I, I can't I can't figure out why. Hmm. Yeah, for me, it was just purely the camera. Like, the controls were fine. I don't know. But I also play... Like, I never play handheld mode. I never use the Joy-Cons. Like, I'm basically always using a Pro Controller when I'm playing my Switch. So I thought the controls were fine. It was just that the the camera just drove me crazy. Because it's that Uh, C-Stick camera that was... But not even not C stick. stick. It was C C buttons. buttons. Yeah, we got the C stick with the GameCube. Exactly. That's where Mario Sunshine comes in. Well, yeah, and Sunshine is an interesting one too because like it it has uh, a personality to it. It definitely has a style and a look and feel that they're going for. That they, it, I mean, it works right for what they're aiming for. But mm-hmm. it just there's something about it where it takes away some of those core Mario like mechanics that I've come to love and. I feel just like hobbled playing that game because I can't really? do all of the motions that I'm used to doing because oh. the flood takes the place of a lot of it, you know? Um, so yeah. that's the main thing is like, I feel like half of the moveset, I know it's not half of the moveset, but I feel like half of the moveset is missing for Mario in that game. And that's the reason that I can't really replay that one either because it starts to drive me a little crazy. I understand that because I've played prob- I've played more of Galaxy than any of them, but I've and I've played the least in Mario 64. So Sunshine has obviously hit that middle ground because there are three of them. It's math, but uh, it's the same thing. Like the controls are really, really. I don't want to say they're finicky, but that it's they're different than other Mario games. And so it's it's made me lose some of that muscle memory that I've had regained in Mario Odyssey, and I I, I was. 
Sunshine was the one I was looking forward to the most. Of all of these, I was looking forward to Mario Sunshine because I never gave it really the proper uh, the proper attention that it deserved because it came out right as I was getting into college. Uh, I just didn't play it. I was getting into online gaming way too much. It was just a whole thing. So going back, I told Jennifer, I was like, I'm looking forward to Mario Sunshine. She's like, I've never even heard of Super Mario Sunshine. And I'm like, well, it is the weirdest Super Mario game. I was like, if you're going to see this, and I'm like, this is the weirdest one he has like a squirt gun on his back and he uses it like a jetpack and he, he like squirts off mud the reason he's going around is he's like swashing mud off of stuff and she's like that's odd and then she sees it the morning it uh it came in at like eight o'clock at night so i started sunshine the uh the next morning on saturday and she just walked into the room and we were i was showing it to her and she was like wow this is really the weirdest mario game isn't it this it's just a weird game. And it just made me laugh because for someone who had never seen it, like had never gone through that uh, that kind of, of advertising onslaught that we all had back at the GameCube era, like all of us just familiar with it now, looking at Mario Sunshine, it's a weird game. And she's like, wow, what were they thinking? It was just really funny to see her reaction having never seen Mario Sunshine before. Yeah, it's a strange one, but at least Galaxy's in here and I love Galaxy. Galaxy's so good. Unless you had anything else critical, you want to talk about Sunshine because I absolutely love Galaxy, and that's really the reason that I bought 3D All Stars. No, no, Galaxy is a masterpiece. It's like so I have good. one problem. I have one problem with Super Mario Galaxy, and I wish they would fix it. Like it's not even the touch control, or it's not even the motion controls. Like a lot of people say, it's that you can't spin twice in a row. Like when you spin to attack or do something, you have to wait on the Luma to come back to you. I've died so many times because I'm used to uh, Mario Odyssey for Cappy to be so quick. And Luma is not that I've died because I'm used to Cappy saving me. And uh, the Luma doesn't come back in time and I get hit by something like I still haven't gotten the, the reflexes for the control on that one. I wish that it moved a little bit faster on the attack. Yeah. I think I forgot that. Like, the first, I don't know, like half hour that I was playing, I ran into guys a bunch because I just mistimed my spins and then I just readjusted to it because I forgot that that was part of the game. But it doesn't bug me nearly as much as it bugs you. I'm bouncing between games is why. That's, That's why it wouldn't bother why. me if I if I was sitting down playing Galaxy alone. It wouldn't bother me at all. Okay. But playing Odyssey 3D World and Galaxy like this, it's like what? What what do my hands do? I don't I don't understand what my hands are doing in this game. Where yeah, going straight through it, yeah, you adjust and it's just what it is. Yeah, and I mean Galaxy is like like I said, it's the reason that I bought this collection. The other two are more like I wanted to revisit them for a couple hours each just to be like, do these hold up? No, they don't really hold up, but they're interesting, you know, and that's that's what I wanted. That's all I needed from the other games and they gave me that. But really I wanted to play Galaxy without having to use the Wii remote. And I love it. Like, <laughs> I like it. Even though there's still motion controls in here, they work a lot better with the Pro Controller than they ever mm -hmm. did with the Wii Remote. So it's okay, even though it's not my favorite part. But the fact that I actually have, like, a real controller playing this game for the first time ever makes it so much better. And it was already a fantastic game. So the main thing about Super Mario Galaxy, if you guys have never played it, is that it plays with gravity. And that is, like, the core mechanic in the entire game. There's tons of sometimes small sometimes gigantic planetoids and like meteors and all sorts of things that are kind of like self-contained mostly spheres but sometimes it's not sometimes it's a whole platforming section and 
the gravity shifts between them. So there are times where you're jumping between like planet to planet or item to item, or you're doing a whole platforming section where the gravity shifts on you constantly. And it's amazing how fast your mind can adapt to it and just deal mm-hmm. with it. Because if you just sat back and saw it for the first time ever, it's like, how would I ever do the, that platforming? <laughs> but when you're actually in it, it just works and it's magical. And if you've not looked at this, if y'all haven't watched the way that gravity works in this game, think and you've played something like uh, Super Mario Odyssey, think about those 2D sections where the gravity up and down changes in the red and blue areas, where it's like if you jump, you're having to time the jumps to make sure that you don't land on the spikes while it pulls you up and down both ways. It's like that, only in 3D, where it sounds like it would be really, really hard, but it's not. Like, you do adjust to it, like your brain really gets used to this uh, the way gravity works and it's just so interesting like i remember loving this when it was new and it is it is every bit as fun and wonderful now as it was then so super mario galaxy 2 was my favorite mario game until super mario 3d world came out Um, oh okay and before super mario galaxy 2 it was super mario galaxy so like these are a couple of my top games right um i'm sad the galaxy 2 is not here i wonder if they're gonna patch it in as dlc or if now that they've like done the work to get galaxy out there if they're gonna release galaxy 2 as a standalone game or something um if they do release it i will grab it on day one because i absolutely love super mario galaxy 2 even more than i love this first one now i have a question about galaxy 2 so okay i completely missed galaxy 2 when it was new i actually didn't know it existed at the time just because i was going into graduate school at the time and basically cut all consoles out for uh, world of warcraft and my master's degree like that was all that existed and i didn't know it was a thing for a long time and now i've never heard anyone really talk about it as being fantastic but the moment it was excluded from the 3d all-stars collection the internet lost its mind like collectively everyone was yelling where's mario galaxy 2 it's so good Ah!" and i'm like I've never heard y'all talk about this game before. And you're saying it was your favorite one before this. Like, it's so strange to me that it's kind of a sleeper hit that I've never heard people mention when they're talking about Mario or platformers. Like, what was it about it that made it so good for uh, for Galaxy 2? Well, so the reason everyone exploded is because if you've played Galaxy 2, you know how much of a huge oversight it is to include one without including two. It's... Mm. Think about how you felt after you beat like so super mario 3d land when you beat world 8 and it opened up the whole second half to you and it felt like they finally took the gloves off and they were really playing with every mechanic to the full extent and they weren't holding back you know how amazing that feels that's what galaxy 2 feels like it feels like okay we taught you the basics that was super mario galaxy now we're really gonna go for it and you as a player can keep up like it's on you like we're not we're not going to keep the kid gloves on anymore like this is where we're really going to go wild and it's just amazing i mean and that so super mario galaxy was the first mario game developed by ead tokyo and what i've come to realize is that they are my favorite mario developer um they've done so galaxy galaxy 2 3d land 3d world like they basically (laughs) did all of my favorite mario games so these are the guys that i want to keep making mario forever so that's again nintendo ead tokyo like that's the development team that i want on mario forever 
Yeah, for real. Like, like I understand that. Like the way that you put it about land, I totally understand. And I've I've seen one argument against Galaxy Two on Switch, and I'm sure that you have a completely uh, different take on it because I didn't know it was a thing. That I knew you could get Yoshi in it, but apparently the motion controls are controlling Yoshi's tongue, like while you're jumping into a different place from where you're you're like moving. You use him to sling around, and people said that there was no way to do that on switch because of the precision that you had to have like is that just a bunch of malarkey that uh, is that just just somebody like on the internet being being like i don't know be yeah. just being defeatist because it I seems so. like any kind of motion controls uh like that would transfer almost one-to-one with the joy cons yeah exactly you could just do it with joy cons or with the pro controller like there's no reason not to you know they already did all the work to get galaxy moved over like you just do the same thing to galaxy 2 and it would totally work man i would love to have it as dlc like until you had texted me that the other day it never even crossed my mind that 2 might be dlc for it um but that would be awesome like i i want to play that game after your description of it here and like everybody talking about how good it is i have it behind me on my game shelf and i've never played it because i never went back and beat galaxy so when we beat this one i'm probably going to load it up in the wii u to try um but it'll be one where it depends on what the graphics look like. When I use like that, uh, Troidal Power had sent me a box that an adapter that you could get that will upscale uh, games to where it doesn't look so terrible on uh, HD TVs. So I'm curious on uh, if it's going to be playable like that, or if I'm going to end up like you and waiting on it on uh, the Switch version that we're crossing our fingers and praying for that it will come. Yeah, hopefully it comes out soon. Um, so any last thoughts about 3D Mario's? I mean, I guess the other thing that I want to touch on, which I kind of did just through discussion, but it's that like levels versus open world, right? Like right. I draw a very distinct definition between the two of those in my mind because they're just such different types of games, even though both of them have Mario platforming. I'm going to buy any Mario platformer that they develop. Like they can have my money on day one. It's not even a question at this point because I grew up alongside Mario. Like right. Mario, Super Mario Brothers, the one from 1985, that was my very first video game. It's one of my earliest memories of my entire life. And I've played every Mario platformer as they came out from then until now. Right. So it's like Mario is part of my life. It just always has been. They're always going to get my money on day one. But I want them to do more of those like level based games and less of the open world ones because I just enjoy them so much more. I think I like them better, too. And I think that was part of the reason that I didn't like Odyssey as much as I uh, as everyone else did, because I was really wanting that kind of level based platforming and very few of the actual worlds in Mario Odyssey stick out to me. Even still, where I think it's a magnificent game, I don't think that any of the worlds have enough personality like they did in 64 or Galaxy or anything like that, where they're just, yep, here's the ice level, here's the poison swamp level, you know, and I don't like New Donk City. So uh, again, hate mail is going to be coming my way. But it's, uh, it's, I think that it's the levels that really stick out to me. And I didn't realize until you know, us talking about this, that I've been buying all of the Mario games on release too, that I had stopped doing that as I was playing online games so much. And now just the stuff that's come out recently, it's all been day one stuff since we've been doing the podcast and getting me more into this. Like I bought Mario Maker on uh, release day and then the new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, all that. Like I've been a release day guy for a while now too. And it's, it's been fun. 
Yeah. No, that's awesome. Anything else on 3D Mario? Like, what do you like versus like the two? I know you like levels, like the the platform. The I know you like the level based platforming, but do you like the 3D platforming in like 3D World better than like the new Super Mario Brothers stuff where they do the uh, straight up 2D levels? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I feel they feel more dynamic. There's more possibility space for them to play with. Um, it's not that I dislike 2D Mario because I still do like it. I just like 3D better at this point. I think 3D is easier for me. Like actually easier to play like the levels, the new games. I Honestly, like I was saying earlier, like I'm not as good at them as I am at 3D Land or 3D World. Like it's really strange making the jumps and everything. I'm so out of practice on the 2D ones that the 3D ones come much easier for me. And so I'm going to have to rectify that because that... That that is just something up with which I will not put. Totally. No, makes sense. Um, before we go to Weekly Geekery, don't forget, guys, we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com. We also have a digital magazine called Press Start, and that is funded by the Patreon at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast. And that's what you were just talking about with the Mario edition, right? Yes, we have a fully designed uh, digital magazine that we do uh, with writers and and columnists and everything. It's fantastic. Uh, You can get it by Patreon. And our second issue came out uh, yesterday as of this recording. Uh, So you can go read all about uh, it's a video game. Well, I'm going to start this over. It's a video game magazine about uh, the players and their memories of it more than journalism. So if you want to hear more uh, stories about how Mario, what Mario means to all of us, uh, go to patreon.com slash geek to geek cast. Uh, the new issue, we are so proud of it. Uh, it's all about Mario. And this week, we have a new sponsor, Funimation! Does your love of anime know no bounds? Is your truest form in front of a screen, bewildered and excited as muscle-bound high schoolers shoot lasers and magical girls fly on angel wings? Then you must be brimming with that unbeatable anime protagonist energy, and the only way you can let it out is Funimation. Thanks to their massive library filled with hundreds of subs and dubs, when a series finale leaves you heartbroken, you can start the process all over with a new show. You know, back in the day, anime fans eagerly longed for the latest episodes, while Japan was already full seasons ahead. That sucked. But those days are long gone because Funimation has episodes available to stream the same day they air in Japan and dubbed within two weeks. With a Funimation subscription, you also gain access to members-only content and shop exclusives, meaning you can finally reach the peak of your fandom power. You can begin your free trial and start streaming ad-free anime today. Go to Funimation.com slash subscribe now and download our app and start your free trial. That's Funimation.com slash subscribe now. Also, from now to the end of October, Funimation is giving away free three-month Premium Plus subscriptions to one of our listeners every week. That means that one new winner for each week of the month. To enter, all you have to do is respond to one of at Geek2GeekCast posts on social media with hashtag FunimationGiveaway. Yep, all you have to do is respond to one of our posts with the hashtag FunimationGiveaway, and you could walk away with a free three-month Premium Plus subscription. So make sure to follow at Geek2GeekCast, and of course, at Funimation. That's awesome. Thanks for the sponsorship. And with that, it's time for Weekly Geekery, where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. What did you do this week? I played Mario. 
Mario. Mario's good. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, a bad Mario's thing. Good. Like, like uh, Alenzia, the crafting rogue, uh, at crafting rogue on Twitter, uh, posted an article on the geek to geek site. It was a review of the starter set of the Lego Super Mario stuff. And I was really skeptical of this set. Like, I, I was always like, I want that because it's kind of cool, but at the same time, it looks kind of hokey. You know, Mario uh, jumps around, you're making little levels, and you're, you're playing with him. And so, like, I wasn't sure if that was something like as a grown adult that I really wanted to do. And the answer to that is yes. Yes, I do. Because after reading her uh, post on it, I actually went to target the next day for like the one time you go out that we go out to a store uh, like every six weeks. And they had a copy of the super Mario uh, starter set, which is the only one of them that comes with Mario. He's actually grayed out on all the other Lego stuff uh, to show that he's not there, but you can only get it in the starter set and it's $60. So when it's absurd, but honestly, it's worth it. It's the only Lego set. Let me tell you guys, only Lego set I have ever bought and put together. Okay. The only one. The only one. Interesting. And it is so much fun. Like, playing the levels and going through, like, I was like a little kid. Like, I had such a good time with this. I'm absolutely buying more of this set. Like, this one made me want to put together more Legos. And that's saying a lot because I've always not enjoyed it. And uh, Lego Super Mario actually made me want to uh, open up a couple of uh, ones that I've actually got just kind of in storage over here that I've never opened or put together. It made me want to put together Lego sets. So this one, hardcore, awesome. Uh, can't give it enough. It's like a six, it's like a seven out of five. Like uh, like two thumbs way up on it. Okay. Yeah, Legos are cool. And have you watched the Social Dilemma on Netflix yet? No, I keep seeing it pop up, but I haven't actually looked into it. I think you should watch this. Jennifer and I really liked it. Um, it came up. The, we watched it the night it came out, apparently, because we didn't know like what it was. We watched the trailer, and I was like, that's what I'm in the mood for. And we watched it, and it is just about uh, social media, its impact, and has people who are who are part of the creation of it who who like created the like button the guy who created the like button at facebook is in it being interviewed about stuff and it's just how social media has changed and what it's what its societal impacts are and it's not a you know social media is bad kind of thing it's like looking at the whole spectrum of this is what we started as and this is where we are is this you know what do we do with this and it was just really interesting where like uh, they were talking about about uh, suicide rates among uh, young people went up whenever different social media sites adopted likes and like when teens and tweens wouldn't get the the responses that they thought they should it sent them into depressive episodes and there's a correlation between uh that they found between things like that and suicide rates and the guy was just sitting there and looking and like we made the like button because we wanted people to spread happiness, be like, hey, you posted something. I like that. And I'm just like, man, talk about feeling bad about something you did, though, right? It's a, But it's a very interesting look with the people who were involved in it. And that was what really stuck out to me is it wasn't these uh, talking head academics. It was the people who were engineers of these companies during this period of time. And uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it, where I'll probably watch it again. And I don't watch documentaries over and over again very often. 
I will probably watch that eventually, but that is, it hits very close to home with what I do day to day with, you know, media and yep, advertising and marketing. And also I feel like I know it all already. And as a student of media, I know what that documentary is probably about. And it would be very depressing for me. So it is, I it have is to be very in the right depressing. frame of mind to pick that oh, one. Oh, I understand. It is absolutely a very depressing for people like us, uh, very depressing for people like us episode or a documentary where it's uh, it really made me be like oh man i'm being manipulated i know it but i'm still being manipulated just talking about algorithms and how things are done like it's it's fantastic the dramatization in it is super lame especially at the end but i do i think it's definitely worth uh worth watching four out of five from beach Okay. There I mean there's there's a whole another episode here where we talk about social media, but to high level it, there's a very real reason that I pulled back from using social media um mm-hmm. over the years as I got closer and closer to doing it for work and <laughs> as I realized how it manipulates people and how it's set up to function um and like what it does to you psychologically. And it sounds like this documentary touches on all those things. It does. But also that's why like I've retreated to more and more walled gardens of people that i know you know like slack and discord and spaces like that where it's a smaller tight-knit group of people that actually has a community and moderators and all of that kind of stuff because social media is just anyway i'm starting to tangent into a separate episode so we could talk about that another time um and we should that would be a good episode yeah um but yeah that's what it is and it actually brought up the one thing in this uh the social dilemma brought up like my favorite thing that ever gets brought up on uh any when you're talking to anybody who works in silicon valley and they were talking about talking to one of the former ceos of pinterest and uh they were talking about his kids and uh they were and you could hear the the, the question from behind the mic they're like do you let your kids uh, have social media accounts and he's like no 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 they have they have no social media accounts we we talk to them and and tell them all of this early like no they they do not use social media and it's like yeah he doesn't like when the people who make it don't use it there's something that uh, we need to take a look at they use the term human capital you know you hear the whole if you're not the uh or human futures uh, they talk the idea about if you're not paying for the product you are the product and it was when they put the, it into the term the actual term human futures i was like ooh, that made me feel bad and uh totally worth watching like it doesn't sound like it but it's the it's the kind of documentary i love so yeah all right it's super close to home <laughs> yeah i feel like that one's going like on my list but like in the far far backlog like i need to be in the exact right kind of mood to watch something like that um yeah for sure for me this week though i did i watched something so i watched the mandalorian season one again but i watched it with my kids and awesome. it was fantastic because They've never really gotten into Star Wars before. Um, and I've tried a couple times where like I was going to sit down and watch one of the easy jumping on points for Star Wars, which is basically either episode one, four or seven. Um, right. And they sat through seven with me and kind of liked it, but never really asked to do more of it or rewatch it or watch the ones afterwards. Um, and then they tried to watch four at one point and they were just like, I don't get it. Like this is boring, which uh, granted that's fine. Um, I get that. Yeah. And you know, so it just never stuck with them and that was fine. Cause I'm not the kind of parent that pushes stuff on my kids. If they don't like it, I'm not going to try to make them yeah. like it just cause I do. Um, but the Mandalorian, like I loved it so much and I wanted to rewatch it. And so I just asked the kids, I was like, Hey, do you want to 
try to watch this with me. Like you could watch an episode and if you don't like it, no big deal. And they were like, oh yeah, I've heard good things about that. And they've been like, oh, isn't there a baby Yoda type of thing? And I was like, yeah, here, come watch it. So we watched the first episode and they just loved it. And so we watched the entire first season together. And it was so cool because um, we did this over the course of like two, two and a half weeks, something like that. Um, But this was their first real onboarding into Star Wars. So even though they had seen little bits and pieces here and there of the other movies, um, this is the thing that they're going to remember as like, this is their first Star Wars that really got them to like grok the universe and like come to terms with it and engage with it. And so now they want to go back and watch the movies and they're super excited for the Mandalorian season two. And they want to watch that with me every week. And it's like, okay, now I'm really excited to do that with them. But it was just so fascinating to me that the most relevant Star Wars being made right now is a TV show instead of a movie. And it just shows you how far it's shifted in the last like 10, 15 years here. And it just shows the quality of The Mandalorian as well, just how well it's put together. Because, I mean, your kids are are at an age where they could have a guy who doesn't take off his mask and a very slow-paced, Western-style uh, show like this, where they could be completely put off by it. They're like, I'm bored. I don't. Why is this guy not taking off his mask? Who is this? And they could bounce the other direction. But for them to be engaged with it, especially at their ages, I find is a major victory for the Mandalorian uh, creative team. Yeah, it was awesome. So now I'm excited to watch season two with them. Um, and then the other main thing that I've been doing is I'm still playing Fortnite. I'm playing Fortnite consistently. And I have been since that like first week of the Marvel season. So, you know, the, the battle pass was probably one of the best gaming investments that I've spent this entire year because it was all of like seven or eight bucks. And I have been playing consistently every single week because they keep patching in new stuff, you know, I actually look forward to the weekly map updates and the content drops because it's I didn't realize how far they had come because when I was playing Fortnite mm-hmm. the first time when I really did it was like very early on and they would make some changes, but it was never anything huge. It was more about like, here's another week worth of challenges and then maybe a couple tweaks to like, here's this weapon that's like a little less powerful or more powerful or whatever. And now when they update content in a week, it's like, here's an entire new area of the map that didn't exist last week. So there was a week where they patched in Tony Stark's headquarters, and it takes up like a fourth of the map right now. And it was like entire new region, um, just completely new, all redone. And it had Iron Man in it that you can go and you can fight with him and his robots, and you can hack the robots and take them over and steal their weapons, and you can defeat him and get his superpowers. And like... All of that was just one week. And then the next week they do another thing, you know? Um, So I'm extremely impressed by the rate that they iterate now on that game. Yeah. Um, And I also know I'm not a forever game type of person. Like at the end of this Marvel season, I will tap out for a while. Like I'll be done with Fortnite until the next time that they have something that appeals to me. But at the moment, my son and I are taking turns and just working through this battle pass on the same account. And so we're getting to show each other like the really cool stuff that we're unlocking and both of us get the benefits together. Like if one of us unlocks it, the other one has it. That's awesome. I think we are on track to actually finish this battle pass, which I've never finished a battle pass before in my life. 
Yeah, that's the only thing. Like, I really have enjoyed this. I haven't played it in about two weeks, and I think I'm not going to get to finish it at the rate I'm going now, which makes me sad because uh, there's some really cool stuff in it. But this is where I'm impressed by Fortnite. Just like you said, the the rate at which they're iterating um, is just insane. And I didn't play Fortnite when it was new. I didn't play it. it. I played it during season one. Like, I'm, I don't. I don't think I ever even played it after they started like doing the season two thing. And it is such a different game right now, especially with the Marvel stuff in there that I need to go back and play it more. I just got distracted by all the Mario stuff and things like that. Like it's really, really good. And it, while I don't think it feels as much like Marvel, like having played through Marvel's Avengers, like it would not replace a Marvel game for me, the extra skins and things that they've put in there, like Tony Stark's headquarters, definitely make it more appealing than just the general Fortnite world uh, that I don't care anything about. Like it's, it is a lot of fun finding the Quinjet out in the, uh, out in the wild and taking down Tony Stark's uh, drones and things like that. It's, it is worth playing y'all. Yeah, it's, it's super fun. So I'm having a really good time with that and I probably will for the next four or five weeks i think we're on week five right now so we're halfway through this season um Mm -hmm. i'm enjoying it though it's great but i mean like you said looking ahead like there's just so many games coming out that i don't know what i'm going to do because i don't have enough time to play all the games that i want to (laughs) uh much less the new consoles and the new games on those and all that kind of stuff so a lot of that ahead i feel like we will cover a lot of video games in the next month and a half here on this podcast I expect so. Yeah, there's a lot coming out. Um, even while we've been recording this, uh, Austin had texted me, my, my my watch dinged, and said that he had gone ahead and pre-ordered the uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon because you get it at Best Buy and you get an extra steel book. It comes with a second one from uh, the normal one that you would get off of Amazon and stuff. So it's like I'd already already forgotten that game was coming out. And I was like, man, I got to move that one over there and get my second steel book pre- for the pre-order. It's like games are just going to start dropping really soon. We're going to have so much to talk about. Yeah, there's so much coming out. I mean, on my list. All right. I'll just run through it. We have an extra minute here. Um, here's <laughs> everything on my list between now and year end. I have Super Mario 3D All-Stars. I'm still picking away at a couple things in there. I have Hades 1.0. I have to revisit. I have Genshin Impact, which just came out out of nowhere, and it looks super interesting. Right. I have to get back to Magic the Gathering Arena. Um, Zendikar Rising just came out, and I, I haven't even touched it yet. The Marvel Fortnite season that I just talked about. Um, I have Super Mario Brothers 35 on October 1st, so that's a day or two away from when we're recording this. Star Wars Squadrons is out soon. Watch Dogs Legion. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'm picking that up on day one. Fuser looks super interesting. PS5 is coming out, and I'm going to grab Spider-Man Miles Morales. I might grab Yakuza Like a Dragon. Cyberpunk 2077 is out in mid-November. Oh, yeah. Hyrule oh, man, Warriors. I forgot. I pre-ordered it, too. Like Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Yes, I need to know the rest of Link's story from Breath of the Wild. I absolutely have to buy that game. Immortal Phoenix Rising looks fantastic it's like breath of the wild meets assassin's creed i can't skip that that's just i'm gonna, between... I'm gonna pause you right here well that's, that's it that, this that's year it immortal like... is this year yeah all of that is between Ugh. now and the first week of december it's not even through the end of december like that's holy just holy cow that's from when we're recording right now which we're basically right at the end of september until the first week of december all of those games come out 
And I didn't even realize, like, Immortals looks awesome. I had no idea it was this year. I actually had in my head that that was a spring 2021 game, that it was still being worked on like that. So I guess that's an extra one to add on. I'd forgotten about Cyberpunk again. Like, I don't know if y'all know my memory is nothing, but I'd forgotten about it already. Like, I don't think we're going to be able to make it through all of these. (laughs) Well, it will be good. We will be covering video games over the next month and a half here a lot, I feel like. I feel like it'll be more than that. And then we got the year-end stuff where we'll be recapping all the stuff that we've done earlier in the year. Okay, and one last thing before we jump off for the night. Uh, Don't forget, we always do an annual Q&A episode right around Thanksgiving. So that is coming up soon, too. So if you guys have any questions for the podcast, send them our way. You can hit us up on Twitter. That's an easy place. You can send them directly to us in any of the channels that we're in, in Slack or Discord. Or you can send them via email to geek2geekcast at gmail.com, which... Of course, you can always write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback to that same email address or reach us on Twitter at Geek2GeekCast. We also have some great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, make sure that you check out all the other content on the network like blogs and video game reviews and our digital magazine Press Start through Patreon. I blog at agreenmushroom.com. You can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast with Katie, my co-host, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And I also co-host the Dragon Quest FM podcast, a show about the Square Enix RPG series. We've been Void and Beach with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, guys. And remember, hashtag Funimation giveaway so that we can uh, give you free stuff. When toxic culture has you down... When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu.